This episode of The Winding Stairs is brought to you in part by MasonicFundraiser.com. Has it ever happened to you that you're having a conversation with a brother and you think, man, I wish we were recording this awesome conversation? Well, guess what? We did. This is The Winding Stairs, episode 17. You have arrived at The Winding Stairs, a program dedicated to Masonic education and the art of self-improvement. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda, a professional artist and master mason, 32nd degree of the ancient and accepted Scottish Rite in Freemasonry. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Winding Stairs. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda. Thank you very much for joining me once again as we continue on this journey up the winding stairs. I am very excited about this episode for a couple of reasons. This is the very first episode in which I get to join my good friend and brother, Victor Rosario. And you've probably heard me talk about him. You know, he is a very important part in my personal life and in my Masonic career. And here you get a chance to be that proverbial fly on the wall and listen to a conversation between two brothers in a car. And this happened in February of 2014 when we were driving up to Columbus, Georgia from Central Florida. And on the trip, we had many cool conversations great experiences and you'll continue to hear about them because we really learned so much this was one of those moments where i was reminded of that the importance of traveling the masonic travel is not just for what you learn when you get to a lodge but if you get a chance to actually go with another brother to a lodge there's a lot of things that you can then you can learn so i'm excited that you are coming along for the journey you will hear the background noise you'll hear the the signal lights uh, clicking as as we're driving you will hear the the humming of the of the wheels on the road so you can imagine yourself as being another passenger in the car with us listening to our conversation you will notice also that we jump from one subject to another and we talk about many things but if you think about it that is how conversations usually are. So you'll you'll get a very real feeling of what a conversation between two brothers is about. And now without further ado, the first installment of the segment we call The Traveling Brothers. All right, it's recording now. So we're talking about bridging the gap particularly bridging the gap of poor leadership in the line of succession and the chairs of officers. Now, we've noticed that there are lodges that might not be making the best elections for the chairs, but not through a fault of their own. It's just that there's not enough people to select. So you don't have the luxury I don't think they I don't think they have the luxury of picking the absolute best 
to put on the line, like the best candidates that are going to have the right leadership skills. But partly it's because there's not enough people available, willing and able to, to be part of the line. So that then the the main problem there, like the underlying underlying problem, is that there's not enough people in the lodge. It's attracting new members and retaining them. Retaining the members. So to do that, we you know we have to figure first attrition. Like what what's happening with the people that are in the fraternity and stop coming. Is it something that we are doing as a lodge? Because if we can figure that out, then we can at least, you know, change the trend and start bringing the curve back up to sustain membership. And then we can focus also in bringing new, worthy, and well-qualified men. I think it's figuring out a way to get the point across of how many different things the Blue Lodge can can offer a man who's looking to become a better man. Um, I think sometimes, and some of the brothers that I've spoken to, uh, some of the brothers that I started uh, my Masonic uh, light career, my Masonic walk, um, some of them were just looking to become part of uh, an appendant body. Some just wanted to become a Shriner, yeah. and they just needed to become uh, a Mason to become a Shriner. So they had uh, maybe not a not a whole lot of interest in Blue Lodge altogether, and they they just used it as a stepping stone to get to where they wanted to be a part of, to become involved in something that they really enjoyed. And what, what do you think interested the, them in the Shrine, for example, as opposed to the Blue Lodge? Like, why, why did they become aware of the Shrine and not the Blue Lodge? Well, uh, they, you know, they, this one particular brother spoke of, uh, um, the, the fact that it was recognized that people saw the Shriners and they were visible part of the community and all, all the different things that they were able to do that people knew about and Freemasonry, uh, in regards to the Blue Lodge does not have the same type of exposure. So he wanted people to know that he was a, a Shriner, uh, not necessarily a Freemason. You see, so right there, that there's the problem of visibility. So right off the bat, for his experience, increasing the visibility in the community, and there are many, many ways to do that. Because, you know, what, it, it makes me think of, I have a alert on my... I receive an email anytime that new articles are published about Freemasonry and Masonic uh, keywords. And when I first did it, I wanted to learn what was happening in Freemasonry. I wanted to know, you know, what newspapers were publishing about Freemasonry and what bloggers were publishing about Freemasonry. But one thing that really surprised me is that the majority of the news that I was getting, it was about an, a lodge that was just being sold. And it used to be a, you know, a very beautiful building, and it's a historical site, and the lodge was forced to sell it and either move or be absorbed by another lodge. That really surprised me because it, it kind of showed, well, they're not, for one reason or another, they're not being financially 
successful in the managing of the lodge. You know, who, who knows exactly why each one happened, but there are other things that are happening in Freemasonry. How come we're not hearing about those? You know, because publicity. You know, when you when you go through Masonic leadership training, there's talk about you know publicity. What things can you show the community? You know, uh, or a newspaper. You can put a press release for a scholarship that you put together in your lodge for one class or another. Or if there was a a big. Uh, I love America. That's what you're referring to, right? The uh, Why I Love America essay contest. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. And we can we can provide links later, you know, to the brothers about learning more about that. But it's also thinking outside the box. There have there are many different ways of putting together activities or becoming part of different activities that are going to increase the visibility of the lodge. That alone should have an impact on petitions submitted to the lodge and like I've said before you know it's Freemasonry you know not everybody can become a Freemason so yeah you still keep uh, you still keep guard of the of the of the inner door but you will increase the number of people you know increasing the membership I know it sounds like maybe like we're rambling here, but as you're talking, I keep thinking of different things in, within the lodge, uh, just basing it off of the last Masonic leadership training that we had. It was really awesome. And, uh, of course, we encourage everybody to participate, even if uh, you're chair or you're officer or not, or whatever office you're holding uh, doesn't require you to be there. Uh, it's good to be part of these MLTs. But one of the things that's very important you know, in order to retain, I believe, uh, brothers to continue to attend and to, well, it's basically to uh, give them a reason to be there, not just to attend the lodge. Uh, at the last MLT, one of the brothers said that uh, he works at Publix and he wears his ring proudly and he gets the question asked a hundred times a day and he says, oh, well, what do you guys do at the meetings? And his answer was, we pay bills. Wow. And... I thought to my, and he and he said it very proudly, very matter of fact that that's just what they do. And I was thinking to myself as I sat there, I was like, well, that if you told me that, that doesn't that that's not exciting at all to me. Yeah. I would not want to be part of whatever you call yourself, a fraternity that you pay bills. I think I think we ought to do more, than, and I, and I don't know what what. Yeah, I have no idea what lodge you belong to. I just know he's in my district and in my zone. But I just thought to myself, man, I mean, is that all we do? Is that what we're, you know, he was very young. Is that what we're telling our younger brothers that's what we do? And that goes to the mentors in our lodge. And that goes to, uh, you know, that, that speaks to what we do as people or brothers in our lodge that's been there for a little bit longer. We should be encouraging uh, mentorship programs uh, and just assigning a brother to just walk with that brother you know uh, and, and just show him the little bit of, of knowledge that he may have acquired share it with him yeah. and 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 if if not even that just give him your time your friendship that may mean a lot that may be the reason why he wanted to become a Freemason in the first place yeah. so that he can have friends 
I know that's the story of my current worshipful master. Uh, he was sitting in the living room looking at his wife and sharing with her that all his friends had moved away. And uh, he comes from a line of Masons and his wife actually encouraged him to become a Mason. And now he he enjoys bragging about the thousands of brothers and friends that he has at his at his at the at his fingertips. Yeah. A phone call away. Yeah. So there are needs out there. You know, brothers <clears throat> when people join Freemasonry or they become interested in Freemasonry, it might be for one reason or another. And they can find usually all those things inside the fraternity but sometimes there's a disparity between what's expected and what they actually it's encounter. A gap. Yeah, there's a gap that has to be bridged. And the gap sometimes it's about the expectation. They're expecting to see something grand once they go in. Once they're admitted through the inner door, they their expectation might be that they are going to sit there and hear some really wise words presented by a very experienced mason who's going to reveal these mysteries of life. And oftentimes the, the bulk of the meetings go to just reading correspondence, paying bills, the what I call the administrative part of the lodge. Well, of course, that's not going to motivate the younger masons to continue to go and attend because think about this maybe 50 60 years ago a 20 23 year old is starting his family and has seen the example of his parents and grandparents being masons and his alternatives for entertainment what are they work longer hours at a factory yeah or not to say that going to the lodge is just entertainment, but we have to recognize it needs to be engaging enough to capture their attention and retain it. But today, we have countless distractions. We're competing for an ever-elusive attention, right? Yep. So, like, right now, if someone starts trying to pay the bills... Your mind starts wondering, oh, I wonder what that last text message was from. Or, and they have the capability of doing that. They have the capability of putting their hand in the pocket very discreetly, using the virtual dis- <laughs> discretion, <laughs> and, and look at their phone, right? So there needs to be some, something, some substance to the meeting. To bring it back just a little bit to that point, um, this might be a little controversial, uh, but I'll get your take on it. There's a saying that says, uh, you get out of Freemasonry what you put in. And, you know, so, some of uh, some of uh, our wiser, maybe older Freemasons, um, they will say, well, if they're not getting anything out of it, it's because they're not putting anything into it. You know, and... For I'll use me as an example. I've been a Freemason for three years, and a lot of the things that I've learned uh, in my journey has been because of my one mentor that I have, or, or who's encouraged me to read uh, different things on my own. Uh, but it has not been because of the meetings, 
which I have attended regularly. Mm-hmm. There's seldom Masonic education happening at our stated meetings, even though, if, if I'm not mistaken, it is required for us to have an education portion to maintain the non-for-profit and the different uh, categories that we fall on under Florida law. Mm-hmm. But there's seldom a time for Masonic education and, and if and if and when it is had, it is a very short uh, reading from the digest or or from uh, from whatever source of Masonic light we have. And this is not to be critical, but it's when you say something like you only get what you you get what you put in. You know there are brothers like me who have been attending these meetings for three years and ongoing. That have not had the benefit of any education given to us formally at a lodge, um, and there are things you know that that I've learned uh, myself and through my mentor uh, of visiting the Grand Lodge website of uh, of my state and and going there for the Masonic education. But these things, these are not spoken about in lodge uh, oftentimes. And this is some of the. This is part of the gap that we're trying to meet. Because you could be attending lodge for three years and never ever hear of anything like that. If it not were for that lodge mentor that was assigned to you. Yeah. And it, I see that if if the candidate comes in, becomes a mason, and expects to only receive, then he's going to be sorely disappointed. Maybe you know part of that expression of you get what you put in it's not limited just to the lodge so you see it's not just that what you put into the lodge then you get back it it is also your effort to put into your own research and your own interaction with other brothers and your own travels we're recording this as we're going to a lodge in in georgia and this time that we're spending together talking about Freemasonry and when we get there I can't wait to sit with some of the brothers and you know hear what they have to say and see you know how their lodge is but those are the efforts that we're putting into Freemasonry all together so it's a multi-pronged effort well there you have it this was the first installment of what uh, brother Victor and I hope are many many segments of the traveling brothers as we go visit different lodges and share different experiences and perhaps prepare for those meetings as uh, as we travel together please let me know what you think tell me uh, in the comments sections of the website if you if you enjoy this segment you can also let me know if you are uh, connected with us through facebook or twitter let let us know you can find us on facebook at Masonic Fundraiser. You can also communicate with us through Twitter at WindingStairs33. There's a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm glad that we talked on the topic of attracting and retaining members, not necessarily blatantly recruiting, but making sure that we uh, make ourselves available to those those people out there who who display the qualities that make a good man and mason. Uh, In the conversation, you heard about how brothers, newly initiated brothers, 
they come with a certain set of expectations. There are things that they want and need in order to become better, better men. Therefore, we need to understand better what those needs are. This is what I, we talked about, about bridging the gap. They come with these expectations. And as members of the fraternity, if we have the means of meeting those expectations or exceeding them, I think it's in our best interest if we want to have a growing and fruitful fraternity. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation that, that we had and many of the topics and points that were discussed in it. Uh, share also with us, if you can, what suggestions do you have in order to retain the membership of the young men that are coming through the fraternity? What can we do to make the meetings more engaging? What things can we do in order to strike a good balance between business of the lodge and the actual business of making good men better during our meetings. So I, I look forward to reading your comments about this to continue this conversation on the various social networks, as I mentioned. A couple announcements that I have. Um, if you are in the Central Florida area, and I will be speaking on July 12th, at Winter Park Lodge number 239. And I want to extend a thank you to Worshipful John Halter and Worshipful Jeff Morgan, as well as uh, Brother Chris Chack for the invitation. I will be speaking on, like I said, on July the 12th at 8 a.m. And this is going to be doing the St. John's Day celebration. And the elected grand officers are going to be present. So I have a very special topic prepared to to bring before the craft that day, and I, I would love for you to be there and for you to take part of it. Also, uh, mark your calendars if you are in Pennsylvania. On September 20th, I will be a part of the first annual Masonic Education Symposium, and thank you very much to Brother Sean Gorley for putting this event together and being so diligent in organizing it. Uh, we will have a, a great day. We will have Brother Charles Harper. We will have Brother Sean Gorley. Uh, Brother Adam Os Osman is going to be there, as well as uh, myself. We will each be delivering a presentation related to Masonic education. This is going to take place in Wilmington Lodge, number 804 in Wilmington, Pennsylvania. So I look forward to seeing your brothers there. I've already heard from many brothers who will finally meet in person uh, in September out there in Pennsylvania. So if you get a chance, come meet us over there. We're going to have great fellowship and a lot of fun. Also, another thing I wanted to mention very, very soon, I will have a re live recording with Brother Joseph James, the executive producer of the movie The Freemason. And he's going to be revealing some really exciting news through our show. So stay tuned. In a few days, that should be coming up. And I'll give you more details on our email and our Facebook. Uh, if you haven't signed up for the email yet, make sure to go to thewindingstairs.com and click on the free ebook download and I'll give you access to signing up for the for the email newsletter. 
I'm not one to spam you with a lot of messages. I try to send you meaningful information. So don't miss out and go sign up today. And finally, I want to give a shout out to my brothers at the Masonic Roundtable. I've had a blast ever since we started this uh, podcast and live recording. Uh, we have a video a program, as I mentioned before, the Masonic Roundtable. And you can see us speaking live about various topics in Freemasonry. If you haven't checked it out, check it out now. It is themasonicroundtable.com. The Masonic Roundtable is comprised by uh, yours truly, uh, also Brother Robert Johnson, the host of Whence Came You podcast, John, uh, Brother John Rourke, Brother Jason Richards, he is the author of the blog The Two-Foot Ruler, and Brother Nick Johnson, the author of the Millennial Freemason.com. So check that out. If you haven't seen uh, the program, you are missing out. The, the conversations, the topics that we discuss are current about Freemasonry, actionable advice for launch members and potential candidates to the fraternity. So make sure to check that out. We record every Tuesday evening around 10 p.m. And we fluctuate between 10 10 30 p.m. So it is important that you like our page on Facebook or follow us on Twitter in order to stay abreast of the specific times in which we will record live. So, uh, brothers, thank you for all of you who have visited FreemasonryArt.com. This program and all the efforts that I put together related to Freemasonry are possible by your support only. Uh, this program that I that I put together is supported by the purchases that you do through freemasonryart.com. And now I am also giving you an opportunity, if you like the program, if you find it useful and beneficial, please do me a favor and share it with as many brothers as you can. In addition, I have put together on thewindingstairs.com, there's a tab called Support the Show where I give you different opportunities to, to help out in the increasing cost of producing the, the program. Um, everything at the moment comes out of pocket. You know, I pay for all the bandwidth, the web hosting, uh, equipment, editing software, all of that I pay out of my pocket and out of my love for the fraternity. But the more I do, the costlier it becomes. So I would love if you can go out there and help as you can. If, if you want to donate, you know, as little as $5 through a secure PayPal donation, it, it would be very, very welcomed. Um, and if you have the means of perhaps scheduling a donation uh, every month, I will be very, very grateful for that. And all of that is available through thewindingstairs.com on the tab called Support the Show. So thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak to you on this podcast and if you have dates available within your lodge or masonic events and and are interested in having me come speak uh, i would love to discuss that further with you so make sure you shoot me an email or contact me and and i would love to speak with you further about it it is a privilege to be able to study about the craft and share what i learn with you if you have found this episode to be edifying or beneficial please let me know i love hearing from you 
and I appreciate you listening. And I hope that you join me again next time as we continue our journey up the winding stairs. Thank you.